We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is January 16th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, how are you? I'm I'm worse than you rocking your Daniel Jones jersey. I mean, I'm listen, I'm glad you got that today because I had a feeling tonight would go result the same. I didn't think it would go this way, but uh but I'm I'm happy for you that at least, you know, you were on the right side of a heartbreaker for some. It was a very like just like all of my emotional energy, like especially as a sports fan, was just so drained today. I feel like I, I like I thought to myself, like, do I care too much about my sports teams today? Like, I really had to sit there and like evaluate because when when the Giants, you know, made the stop on the fourth down, basically to seal the game against the Vikings, and I'm screaming, and it's you know like after you know, seven o'clock, almost eight o'clock here, I'm like, man, I might I'm probably waking up my kids, like you know the you know. We live with my my brother in law and, and his fiance. I'm I gonna make their dogs go crazy, and I'm just like, man, I'm just like, I'm too wrapped up into this. And then the Magic lose on a freaking buzzer beater, down 15 at half, come all the way back. You have a four point lead in the fourth quarter. You kind of ruin that. Jamal Murray fouls Markel Fultz with the Nuggets <laughs> up one. I'm like, what is happening? Are they like trying to lose this game? Of course, Markel Fultz, who like, I was like, hasn't Markel Fultz been like a really good free throw shooter the, the first few years with the Magic? Correct. Usually he's like above 80%. This year he's shooting 69%. Nice. Nice. Not so nice for us because he splits them. And then Jokic comes down and hits the just crazy three. We're going to talk about that game, but like just a crazy roller coaster of emotions. I should be riding cloud nine right now, but I am not because I'm not over that Magic loss. After we've talked about it and I vented and I've moved on from that, and then I go watch Talking Giants, like right at or Talking Giants right after this, and I relive the awesome performance that was Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is good, by the way. All of you haters can suck it. Um, <laughs> once I relive that, I'll be on cloud nine again. 
But right now, I'm I'm still sick to my stomach about that magic loss. If I'm being honest, yeah, uh, it was a tough one, man. It was a tough one. We'll talk more about it, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into why it was a, a tough one, and I'll kind of explain my reasoning as well. Yeah. Before we get into that, folks, just a couple of housekeeping items. As we're doing our best, we're we're giving our our best, most valiant effort to get our boys. Uh, Franz Wagner and Paolo Bancaro to the All-Star game. So second returns for All-Star voting came out this week. Paolo Bancaro still eighth in the Eastern Conference uh, front court voting. So really awesome to see that. Probably not going to get to the All-Star game, but the fact that he's already top eight front court voting in the Eastern Conference bodes pretty well for our boy Paolo to be like a perennial All-Star for years and years to come. But today, as you all are listening to this, if you're listening to this on the 16th, Today is a three-for-one day, so make sure you head to vote.nba.com or you can vote in the NBA app for your favorite Magic players. And then the 20th is going to be the last three-for-one day. All-Star voting ends the 21st, so make sure you guys you guys are doing a great job. You guys are absolutely killing it. I didn't think Paolo, when like All-Star voting started, Luke, I didn't think there was any way Paolo was going to be eighth in the Eastern front court voting. So the fact that he is just shows that Magic fans have been uh, putting in work. Magic fans have been putting in work, and also I, I don't think it's nothing that he was the number one overall pick. I I wonder what it would have been like if, let's say, in some alternate universe, the Magic get the you know third overall pick, and they Palo falls to the Magic at three, kind of like Houston was suspecting. Suck it, nerds. Um, but I wonder kind of what the narrative would have been like at the very beginning of the season. I just feel like out of the gate, because he was the number one overall pick people, it was such a weird scenario that he got picked one where like nobody knew that it was coming until minutes before the pick. You know, I wonder if people were just more locked in at the beginning of the season, they see Palo drops, whatever he had against Detroit, like 27 or 26 points in his first game, his rookie debut. And, all those things, cameras, lights on him, that sort of thing. I, I, I wonder, but I do, I, you know, so I don't want to not acknowledge the number one pick boost, but I'll take it because we got it. But he's absolutely deserving of being, you know, in that conversation already, regardless. I, I just think that, you know, he's obviously he's been incredible. I don't need to tell you guys this or, or you, Jonathan, that. But it's nice to see that. I don't think it's just Magic fans voting for Palo. I think he's got love from other people. I, I think that, you know, there's there's more than Magic fans that get him into that top 10. Well, so I'm looking at last year's uh, NBA All-Star voting results. And the only rookie last year that even sniffed the top 10, uh, at least in the Eastern Conference, was Evan Mobley. So when we're talking about like the most you know notable you know rookies, we're talking about Cade, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Franz Wagner. Scotty Barnes, uh, you know, Cade Cunningham. Those guys didn't even sniff uh, the, the top 10. So like Kate Cunningham, you know, to your point, was the number one overall pick last year. And we know that Paolo is having like an all-time rookie season. Like every night it's, oh, first guy since LeBron, you know, Kareem, yeah. like Will, like Oscar Robertson, whatever. So Paolo is having like an all-time rookie season. But I, I think it's more of that. Like he's just having like... Yes, he was the number mm-hmm. one overall pick. Agreed. But in terms, like he's having a historic you know, rookie season, N- not the best rookie season ever, but you know he- he's up there with like some all timers. So really, really encouraging. Like I said, Magic fans are are showing out. It's a ton of fun. Speaking of showing out, I was in the Atlanta airport today, 
and I saw a dude on my flight from Atlanta to Tampa just decked out in Magic gear, like hoodie, hat, the whole thing. Like you don't see Magic fans out in the wild, no. especially in Atlanta. And I think I was in the Tampa airport on Friday, and there was like no. In Atlanta, it was in Atlanta again. When I arrived in Atlanta, there was like a thirteen-year-old girl in a magic hoodie, and I had my magic hoodie on. I was like, "Go magic!" And she's like, "Give me like the awkward like little <laughs> thumbs up that like a 13, 13 year old does when like a strange man is talking to them in public." She was with Good her parents. Her. Let's just let's throw that out there. Like this is not any Good kind of stranger danger. <laughs> but yeah, you don't see magic fans out in the wild, and I saw two of them at the Atlanta airport this week. What about the guy that you did you say go magic to the guy today? When he got on my flight, I didn't really, I wasn't gonna like walk across the airport like yo, like go magic. Mm-hmm. But when he walked onto the plane, I threw him the, I threw him the, you know, the the go magic. He's like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, folks, uh, let's talk about the weekly state of our Orlando Magic. Not a great report this week. The Magic went one and three, bringing them to a record of sixteen and twenty on the season, the the fifth worst record in the league, thirteenth in the Eastern Conference. But they are still just four games back of Chicago now for the final playing spot. The Magic have an offensive rating of one hundred ten point eight, which ranks twenty fifth in the NBA. They have a defensive rating of one fourteen point four, which ranks twenty fourth in the NBA. Their overall net rating is negative three point six which ranks 26th in the NBA. Jonathan Isaac still out for the Orlando Magic, although he did play his second game this weekend for the Lakeland Magic, which we will talk about in a moment. Chuma Okiki, Chuma Okeke, good grief. I hate Mm. myself. I just Mm. have that so ingrained and burned into my brain. I just can't let let it go. Chuma Okeke still remains out with the... Uh, I think it was the um, like the procedure that he had in his knee that trimmed the cartilage, the the chondroplasty. There we go. They said he was going to be reevaluated you know, four weeks after that. We're coming up on four weeks, so I would suspect that we would hear something about Chuma OKK this week. I wouldn't expect him to be back super soon, but we should hear an update just kind of how he is progressing uh, through his recovery from that procedure. Before we get into talking about Jonathan Isaac and his second game this past week with the Lakeland Magic. We want to take a moment to shout out the folks that make every episode of the Six Man Show possible, our patrons. If you haven't heard already, if you're a new listener, we do have a Patreon community that you can join. We have four awesome tiers. You can find us at patreon.com slash the Six Man Show. We have benefits ranging from, hey, just you're just really helping us out, helping you know support the show. Uh, for $2 a month, and then our $15 tier, our elite tier, uh, you get things like monthly Zoom calls with us. You can join our Discord channel. And then that tier, uh, exclusive to that tier, you can get discounts on Orlando Magic home game tickets. So if that interests you, again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Uh, we shout out special patrons every episode, usually new uh, patrons, or if uh, they upgrade to a tier. We shout them out on every episode. So shout out to Oddity OG who joined at our all-star tier. And then a big shout out to our buddy Armin who has really been supporting our Patreon since the very beginning. He went the elite annual tier. So a big shout out to Armin. We really, really appreciate that, man. Uh, Oddity OG and Armin, thank you both so much for your support. And then on top of shouting out our new patrons or you know if somebody upgrades during the week, We also shout out all of our Hall of Fame tier and all of our elite tier patrons on every episode, uh, which is what I'm going to do now. Shout out Court Cousins, Armin, Carson Tulo, 
Jonathan Borges, normal, Magic Player History, Julio Bailey, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Franz Go to Fichot, The Distract, Mo Bamba, Yo Mama, petition to get Kristen Ledlow in the meetings. Hmm. We'll see what we can do about that. That is not a bad idea. Pierre A, Migzors, Nostalgia, and M&Ms. Hey, shout out to Petition, who is just like giving up on Kevin Tucker joining every episode, by the way, as we basically have at this time. Uh, Nostalgia and M&Ms, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Folden, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95 Shred, Junior Bruce, who, if those are you, if you're counting score at home, I did uh, pronounce Junior Bruce's name correctly, so take that. Half Reekin, Shahin177, Himlo Ban Himro, RM Prof221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid714, Let's Bank, Don't Tank, Soft Taco, and Jesse. Big shout out to all of our elite tier patrons and our Hall of Fame tier patrons. And a special shout out to one of our patrons, Fuchsia, who drove, I think it was seven hours to watch the Sacramento Kings on Monday. And they got absolutely smacked. So shout out to Fuchsia, who is a, a real one driving that far and unfortunately the magic didn't give you the result that we had hoped for but again a big shout out to all of our patrons you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show luke so we talked about jonathan isaac's game on wednesday kind of his uh, rehab assignment debut for this season for the lakeland magic which i was at Uh, unfortunately the game that he played last night i was in atlanta for my wife's business trip i try to go to my handy dandy uh, VPN so that I can watch Bally Sports Florida from my phone did not work. I was not able to watch this game. You were able to watch this game. How did Jonathan Isaac look? I think the biggest takeaway, I mean, you can obviously, if you look at the box score, which is not what you should do when evaluating like Jonathan Isaac in general right now, we're just kind of looking to see how he is, you know, and how mobile he is. And on that front, because I think he shot like five of 14 from the field or something like that uh, in this game against uh, the Swarm. Um, Excuse me. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, but as far as like mobility wise, he looked great to me. He he had a couple blocks in this game, just always making a positive impact, even if his shots aren't falling. I know it's the G League, but I don't really care because it's been so much time since he's been on a court. He just looked good, man. He he looked confident um, in what he was doing, and obviously defensively, he looked good. I'm interested to see how he does rebounding wise. He looked good rebounding in this game, but also I don't want to get caught too caught up in that or oversold on his rebounding right now, just because a lot of these rosters, uh, at least what he's gone up against in the G League, their tallest guys are like six ten, six nine, six ten. But and that's why Jonathan Isaac also gets away with playing center. But I'm interested to see if the Magic are able to actually run him at center. Um, we've seen you know Bomba's minutes dwindling. I just wonder what that looks like. I just don't know if like I should really take it seriously because I I mean I'm pretty sure that I saw some I'm taking listen I got this from somebody on Twitter so like take it for what you will but that Jonathan Isaac and when he was practicing they had heard or caught that he was playing a lot like some center when he was see I did I but did I don't know see that on Twitter and I I did hear that when he was talking about running with the team they were asking him like who was on his team 
And it he more than likely said I was playing the five, but it also kind of sounds like he says that's the five that I was playing with. Like those were the mm-hmm. guys. So I've listened to it like 15 times because I wasn't sure. And it's one of those things like, is it a blue you know and black who... dress? Is it a white and gold dress? Right. I think it was I think it was zero one two three that that mentioned that. But I also noticed that. So it's one of those things, depending on what you're trying to hear, you might hear one. Do we know who he other. was playing with? I know it was Kevon and Admiral, right? I think he said RJ, maybe. I, I really don't remember. I'm just wondering if by deduction we can say that like he was probably running the five based probably on the guys he was, was with. But so that's what I'm wondering. I, I but like I said, man, I, these guys don't have true big men really, at least in these the two teams they played against. So I don't know. But his rebounding looked good. Something the Magic could use uh, right now, in terms, especially when it comes to you know not allowing the other team to get offensive rebounds at inopportune times. So man, he looked good. Um, I I don't. I'm just interested. I'm really eager now to see him out on the court. It'd be a little different if I'm like, oh, he, he's pretty stiff. He's not. He looks like he's kind of just gingerly getting through these games. But it didn't feel that way. Um, I thought that he was also, you know, a little bit showing a little bit of maybe fatigue. You know, obviously as expected um, down the stretch. But I don't think it's what it was in that first game, which was nice to see. More game reps he gets, the better. Hopefully, we get to see him on Friday, but we'll see. He had a great Jonathan. I told you about it. You said that you would, you know, since seen it where he gets the rebound, comes down with it, goes to the other side, goes, but puts it between the legs, just pull up jumper, hits it. And it was like that, that wasn't there before. And again, I don't know if it's G League that he's like even attempting something like that, but I would love to see him pull that out in an actual game. I, Everybody would love it, obviously, but we'll see what he's got when when the time comes. But yeah, we're hoping that it's coming up soon. Now, G League is is not a Euro basket by any means. But last time we saw a Magic player doing something, we're like, well, is this real or is it just Euro basket with Franz Wagner? And like the step back <laughs> three for Franz, like is a is a legit thing. So it's common be, now for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely something that Jonathan has been working on. You know, they've talked about you know the fact that his his shot is looking better. And the shot is looking better. He's not exactly getting the results. Like in, in two games, he's averaging three three attempts. He hasn't made a single one so far. So again, G League, not going to freak out about it. The biggest thing for Jonathan right now is how he's moving and like how he is playing with and through contact. And he's initiating contact at times sure. and, and mm-hmm. doing a, a good job of that. So I think I'm, I am most interested in seeing how he moves on an NBA floor. Like right now, he's able to close out on these guys. Like you mentioned, he's the biggest guy out there by a pretty wide margin. He doesn't have to really move a whole lot to be able to close out and contest these guys. It's going to be a little bit different when he, when he's playing back in the NBA. And before he was almost like a, like a free safety when he, you know, back in like 2019, 2020 for the magic where he's just like getting in, in passing lanes and just kind of like, closing out on guys and wreaking havoc all over the place. It's going to be interesting to see how the magic use him. Is he going to be like in the, the Wendell role and just, you know, playing against fives, playing against backup fives. You'd mentioned Mo Bamba in and out of the lineup, Mo Wagner on a given night, you're kind of rolling the dice. It still feels like the magic could use like a real backup five. And if that's what Jonathan Isaac is going to be at first, I think it's uh, an upgrade. And I, I think the magic could really use that. 
I know you mentioned, you know, don't really want to look at the the box score, but I think it still is kind of important. 17 minutes, 5 of 14 from the floor, 14 points, 9 rebounds like you talked about, 2 blocks, 3 turnovers in 2 games with Lakeland. Uh, in 15.7 minutes, he's averaging 14 and a half points, shooting 42% from the floor, hasn't made a 3, uh, 57% from the free throw line, adding uh, seven rebounds, a half assist, and a, a block and a half per game with a one and a half turnovers. Just comparing that uh, to his career NBA stats, so he averaged in the NBA in how many games? 136 games. He averaged 25 and a half minutes, averaged nine points, five rebounds, shooting 43% from the floor. So, like the efficiency that we're seeing in the G League isn't that far off of his you know, career average in the NBA, which again, we're not trying to compare the G League to the NBA, just trying to put things into perspective. Like even if you haven't been blown away by Jonathan Isaac's shooting efficiency, don't make a big deal about it. All we want to see is him continue to play games, play with physicality and really like the way that he moves. And by all means, so far to me, he looks like he can really move like the same way. Now he's put on some weight, so he's not going to be quite as fast and as agile, but he's moving really well and he's playing basketball. Those are the the two biggest things for me. And like you said, doesn't sound like he was as fatigued later in the game in the second game. So, if, I mean, there's going to be practices. I think the Magic are set to practice Wednesday and Thursday. So if they're able to scrimmage and say, okay, hey, Jonathan can play 10 minutes, five minutes in the first half, Five minutes in the second half. Like, let's just get him out there. So the Magic have now ended this, you know, five-game road trip. They're off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and they play the Pelicans on Friday at home. If they don't bring him back Friday, I'm just like, what are you waiting for? I don't know how. What what is he going to play? Five, ten G League games before you bring him back? You know, yeah, playing he, 15, I mean, 20 minutes a game. Just get him out there. Let yeah. him play ten minutes. Well, so the, the interesting thing is that, you know, there's no there's no Lakeland games at home this week. They're both at, uh, I believe, Sioux Falls. Um, so they're, he's not going to travel with, with Lakeland, I wouldn't imagine. He's going to, which would be fine if you're trying to get him back into game shape because they're actual games, whereas he talked about, like, nothing can replace the games and game speed even compared to, like, a scrimmage with the Magic in practice just not the same in terms of getting your conditioning back up to where it needs to be, which is why he went to Lakeland in the first place. So I would say like, I don't know, man, I I think it's a positive that he's not traveling to Lakeland or traveling with Lakeland because like he said, game reps are so much better in terms of getting your conditioning up. Hopefully the magic are just saying, you know, implying in that way, like, you know, he's coming back soon. And another thing to note as well, the one thing you do want to look at the box score is the minutes played 17 minutes this last game whereas before i believe he was at 15 um pretty much a hard stop at the 15 minute restriction so we'll see what that translates to hopefully it's like a 10 to 15 minute restriction on friday i would hope 10 just so you get the best minutes out of him as possible before he gets gassed but uh we'll see Uh, i think he'll play 10 minutes for a little bit and then you know they'll bump him up probably in five minute increments but I'm, I think it's all good signs so far. So again, the Magic are set to to practice uh, Wednesday and Thursday. 
Uh, looks like uh, 12 o'clock on Wednesday, 11 o'clock on Thursday. The media availability on Wednesday is 1.15. On Thursday, it's 12.15. Now, the, the kind of joke in the media is quote-unquote magic time. So like 1.15 media availability could mean you know 2 o'clock for the magic. It, it just really depends. My guess is that post-practice availability Wednesday or Thursday, that's when we'll know if Jonathan is going to play on Friday. I'm guessing it's going to be Thursday because they're going to practice Wednesday, practice Thursday after yeah. practice on Thursday. Hey, how are you feeling? All right, let's get you out there on Friday. Let's, we're, it's going to be 10 minutes. You know, we'll play you like five minutes at the beginning of the, you know, the second, five minutes at the beginning of the fourth, and that's going to be it. And I hope that happens. Now we're, we're speculating here. Like there hasn't been, I haven't heard any like kind of rumblings or, anything that he's coming back on Friday. People have just been circling that since you had, you know, uh, a few home games, you know, at the end of December. Yeah. So hopefully we don't know. It would be awesome. I need to make it there if he is going to be, if he is going to play Friday because the reception is just going to be, I think it's going to just, everyone's like, thank God. Like it's Mm -hmm. taken so long. I know he's going to be super excited. I know fans at Amway would be super excited. It's just like we can finally put this behind us and move on. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll expect, obviously, you know, like you said, that if they announce anything, when they announce anything about him in regard to Friday, it would be Thursday. Because obviously at that point they're going to be asking him. Like he's no longer in the G League on assignment or anything like that. Um, and that's when the report, you know, you would hope media, you know, those guys would ask what's the status on on Jonathan Isaac for tomorrow. At that point, you know, they'll they'll say, I don't even know, like maybe they'll maybe they won't say maybe on Friday we'll just get it, you know, essentially on the injury report. He was upgraded to questionable or on Thursday by 5 p.m. or whatever. So they better not we'll see. Give people time, to, give people time to make plans. It's a it's a so many people want to be there, like give give fans time to make the, the you know, the proper plan so that they can get there and be there in person and, and really welcome J.I. back. You announced that in like your your pregame availability. You know, you might have 11,000 people there, you know, like mm-hmm. pack, like I know, you know, that most of the games have been quote unquote sellouts, but I mean, people actually butts in seats, not a bunch of, you know, it's, you know, midway through the second quarter and, you know, 15 or 20% of the seats are, you know, you can see the blue seats sitting there. So hopefully the magic, you know, uh, can figure it out before Friday and, and let everyone know and, and make a big deal about it because the kid deserves it. Mm hmm. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Luke, so this game, Friday, so again, I I was on a a work trip with my wife. They have a a big conference every year, and this year they did something a a little bit different. It was almost like a wedding reception Friday night, so everyone's hanging out. The Magic Magic game's getting closer and closer, so I'm sitting at the table like in the back corner just like on my phone. People are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm watching the Magic. Like, leave me alone. (laughs) However, we're going to talk about this game. But I was I was very interested and somewhat surprised at your interpretation of a of a certain element of the game, something that you don't normally comment on, the officiating. And even your post game video, you mostly spent like the your the video talking about the officiating. So just walk me through this game. Like I, I wasn't as locked in as I normally would be for obvious reasons, but even I was like, what the hell is going on? It was it was just every like there was so many things like as far as you know specifics not that I necessarily remember I remember there was many points like it takes a lot and I said this in a tweet too it takes a lot for me to criticize officiating because I think that they have one of the harder jobs out there um, and I'm sure that they obviously they're blessed to do what they do. They make a great living, but it is still very hard to do. You're trying to call the right thing, make the right call at all times. People expect you to be perfect or else you're screwing their team. I typically don't comment on how refs officiate the game because in my opinion, the players win the games or lose the games. Officiating most of the time doesn't. In this game, it was just countless. Like the amount of things that happened that were just ridiculous. And it wasn't necessarily even uh, even foul calls. It was plays where uh, I forget the, the, the exact players involved and whatever. The ball was very clearly out of bounds. And you probably remember this. Oh, yeah. But Walker Kessler, sure. 100%. Yes, it was Walker Kessler, right. So he goes to like save the ball. And he is very clearly like making contact with the ball out of bounds. And they call it that it's their ball not the magic ball which absolutely the right call would have been for it to be magic ball just things like that throughout the whole game and i was like are these refs screwing us right now on purpose or are they stupid they shot 40 free throws 40 and larry marketing alone shot more free throws than the magic he made more free throws than the magic attempted yeah so there was that right like they they shoot 
Um, yeah, they shoot 40, right? It was 40 free throws, I think. Yes, it was. They um, shot uh, 29 of 40. Yeah, so that was, it, it was special. It really was. And so just the, to see that, man, it was, it was gross. Like how much they were favoring Utah. I know you're in Utah. The the Jazz are a fun team this year. They've fallen off as of late. It just seemed weird to me. The whole game was weird. Like it, it didn't feel like we fairly lost the game. And and it was unfortunate to say the least, man. It it really sucked. There was yes, there was things that the Magic could have done better. But at the end of the day, I it's one of the first, if not the first game that I have blamed a whole loss on officiating. There was just such a crazy discrepancy. It was hard. Like you said, in the post game video that I posted, uh, it was hard to talk about anything else. Was there other things to talk about? Absolutely. And that's what you and I can also talk about. But like all in all, I was just pissed off. So pissed off at the refs after the game. I didn't care to talk about anything else. So you know, you know, obviously, I you, I know you know. I don't have a oh, problem yeah, yeah. like criticizing officials because it's it's quite literally their job, like to get it right. At the end of the day, it's their job, and it's not so much about like oh, like you got the call right, you got the call wrong. It's when they call the same play differently, like on on, on each end of the floor. It's like okay, it was a foul down here. Well, guess what? On this end of the floor, it's not a foul, and something as like egregious as that, like it's it's a small it's one play in the grand scheme of things but something as egregious of like walker kessler is very obviously trying to save the ball dribbles the ball like right off of the out of bounds line right in front of the official it's like 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 what are what are we doing here like at least get together and be like hey did you see i didn't have a great angle of that like what did you think and then oh no it's selfie magic ball it's like no it was like they without a doubt it was it was utah's ball like really didn't make any sense the other thing that drives me crazy is the like the review process you, when you make a call you don't want to look dumb in front of 18,000 fans and like both teams and all of the other you know, league officials that are there so you have like an inherent bias to confirm the call that you made on the floor so that you look correct and you don't look like an idiot and you lose credibility like right there on the spot to me the in team like the in arena officiating crew should have nothing to do with reviews. It should come from Secaucus, like the league office in New Jersey, and that's it. Like there should be one person there. All their job is is to review and then call back, you know, down to the 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 team, um, the officiating crew in the arena and tell them, no, you got the call wrong, you got the call right, whatever. Whenever a team shoots 40 free throws, the officiating is out of whack. I I don't care for whatever the logic is. Even if you are like tackling them 20 times, you got to let a few of those slide. There is no universe where an NBA team should be shooting 40 free throws. It completely ruins the game. And you never lose a game to officiating. I completely agree with that. But when you are trying to mount a comeback and the refs are just calling ticky-tack foul after ticky-tack foul and just destroying any type of momentum that you have, they are certainly not helping you come back by any means that being said the magic had multiple leads late in this game they take a 106 to 105 lead on a mobamba hook shot with 118 to go they take a one point lead on a markel fultz finger roll with 42 seconds to go 
Walker Kessler, you know, makes, you know, two uh two free throws late. And then Lowry Markinen, or was it was it the Markinen play? There was a play late in this game. I think maybe it was the Colin Sexton free throws. I can't remember now. But a Utah Jazz player misses a free throw. The Magic are about to get the rebound to try to, you know, head back and, and tie the game up or take the lead. And Paolo Bancaro like boxes out Mo Bamba. And Utah, I think it was Walker Kessler, comes down with the rebound and then gets fouled, and he and now he's got some more free throws. So although it was the officiating was terrible, 40 to, to 16 was the, the difference. You, you still had plenty of opportunities to win this game down the stretch, and they just they just couldn't get it done. The rebounding lately has been terrible for this team, as it was at, at times in, in this Nuggets game. So, yeah, the officiating was, was horrendous, but it's frustrating when the Magic... At this point, you know, they were, what was it, 2-1 and one on the road trip and had a chance to go up 3-1 to one on the road trip. Then it was 2-2. Two to two. We'll talk about this Nuggets game. You had a chance to win the road trip tonight, too. Didn't get it done. But, yeah, Lowry Markinen, everyone knows, he's been incredible all year long. Uh, 28 points in this one, 17 of those coming from the free throw line. And Franz Wagner, 26 points, 10 of 20. Paolo Bancaro, 19 points, four rebounds, three assists, two steals, eight of 16. Like the thing that is super frustrating, Luke, and I know that we've talked about this a ton. It's like on a nightly basis, the Magic are scoring enough to win games. But if if they don't want to defend at a high level, again, they're just not going to win these games, especially on the road with uh, an officiating uh, discrepancy like what we saw Friday night. Yeah. Um, the other thing to add, though, I will say there's no excuse for, and I alluded to the fact that maybe Jonathan Isaac can help the Magic in this department. The Magic get out-rebounded 59-40. to 40. The Jazz have 17 offensive rebounds. Just like, how? Like, how? how is that even a possibility? And then, you know, you... you you take a look at the the list of the, the box score for rebounds. Uh, Dell, the only Magic player remotely close to double digit rebounds, or re- that's in double digit rebounds. Nobody else remotely close. Uh, Paolo with four rebounds, he's got to be better on the glass. Paolo has has not been great um, when it comes to rebounding the ball. Denver tonight, which we'll talk about though. To give you guys an idea, Paolo had two rebounds. You've got, I mean, you're, I get it, man. Like you're, you're, we expect a lot of you on the offensive end, but just re, just get rebounds, chase rebounds, get the ball and go like that. There should be incentive to rebound and be able to go coast to coast. Paolo is absolutely capable of going coast to coast, but we get robbed of even seeing that because he doesn't chase rebounds. And it's just something you got to do. You can't just wait to be the outlet, man. Like, you have to go after it. Um, Mo Bamba, four rebounds. I understand he played 12 minutes, but Mo Wagner, 18 minutes, four rebounds. Just um, Markel Fultz, one rebound. That's kind of uncharacteristic of him. But just wasn't a great rebounding night for this team, and, and you've got to be better. In a night where you forced 24 turnovers, too, you're doing the things to stay in this game despite the officiating. Just rebound the ball. And and this team couldn't do it. They they, they seem to have 
issues rebounding the basketball, especially as of late. Yeah, and that just comes down to like positioning and effort. Like guys aren't in the right spot, and like even once you catch yourself out of position, like you can still try to you know fight and, and sky and, and reach for some of those rebounds. So, but yeah, uh, was a frustrating loss. And then tonight, Sunday night, as we're recording this, the Denver loss was super frustrating as well. So, what felt like was going to be a blowout at the half, the Magic were down fifteen, and I tweeted out. The first, you know, five to seven minutes of the third quarter are going to tell us everything that we need to know about this game and how it's going to go. So if it didn't go well, then the Magic are going to be down, you know, 23, 25 points. But they have a great third quarter. Outscore the Denver Nuggets 34 to 25. So you're down six going into the fourth quarter. And all of a sudden we're looking around like, hey, this is a game to the point where the Magic are even able to take a late lead in the fourth quarter. Magic up uh, 113 to 109, 221 to go. And then Fultz has a turnover, which leads to a Caldwell pulp uh, pull-up three-pointer to make it 113 to 112, 137 to go. Uh, Wendell Carter has a massive tip dunk over Jokic, put the Magic up three with 108 to go. I'm like, all of a sudden, man, like we're going to win this game. And then Jokic... Uh, you know, catches the ball in the high post. I think it was Paolo Bancaro that was guarding Aaron Gordon at the time. Just kind of let Aaron get you know, behind him on the baseline. And he kind of seals Paolo Bancaro. And Nikola Jokic is going to make that entry pass every single time I went back. I think it happened four or five different occasions in this game. I, I couldn't understand why the Magic were continuing to let it happen, especially in the second half. Uh, but Gordon makes it a one-point game. Uh I think it was Franz misses the the floater. Markel tries to tip it in. Both of those missed. The Nuggets get the ball. Uh, they call a timeout. We foul Aaron Gordon. Uh, he makes both free throws to put the Nuggets up by one with 16.8. And then for some reason, Jamal Murray fouls Markel with the Nuggets up one with 15 seconds to go. Markel splits the free throws to make it a tie game. And then Jokic with... 1.2 seconds left, puts up this step back three, makes it. Denver's up with 0.2 seconds left, and then like you, the only thing you can do with 0.2 seconds left is like a tip, like a tip. You can like an alley oop or like a tip in layup or something like that. It's basically impossible to get a three point attempt up in 0.2 seconds left. So once he made that, and you see the time on the clock, you know that the game is over. So. Really painful loss in the moment. Still painful right now, as a matter of fact. When you see how the Magic played in the second half, that this team, who I think is now 19-3 and at home this season, when it was this close, you had a chance to win. You almost won this game. It's super encouraging, but it doesn't make the loss any less painful in the moment, Luke. Well, like you said tonight during the game, what you texted was something to the effect of, this team doesn't make any sense. And it's true. Sometimes they look like a, a young team who is just on the up and up and the sky's the limit. And then sometimes they just look like a young team, period. And that happens within the span of five minutes. Yeah, it is. It is it's definitely like a Jekyll and Hyde thing that happens with this team. What does that mean? I don't understand that reference. 
What is Jekyll and Hyde? I've heard that all the time. I have no idea what it means. So essentially, uh, to be honest, I'm I'm not greatly well versed on Jekyll and Hyde, but essentially, it's one person who's got like two personalities. I guess. Um, I think it's Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, something like that. Um, basically, like you don't know which one you're going to get, and they're two separate personalities, two separate people. All right, this is uh, the Wikipedia right here. Okay, Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is an 1886 gothic novella by Scottish author Robert Louis Stevenson. It follows Gabriel John Uderson, a London-based legal practitioner who investigates a series of strange occurrences between his old friend, Dr. Jenry Heckle, and a murderous criminal named Edward Hyde. Um, yeah, let's see. I need So the they're plot. not the same person. Eventually, what? What is going on here? Jekyll re- resolved to cease becoming Hyde. So yeah, it's a split personality thing. Okay. Okay. All right, well, at least I was right on that. So, this yeah, is so- your, uh, you know, your your uh, gothic novella, you know, literature lesson here. You you all are welcome. Yeah. Perfect. Um. So yeah, that I'd say that that would kind of sum up the magic in some games, which is like, wow, this team is really great. They're a lot of fun. They're not only fun, but they're great, and they have a bright future. And then sometimes it's like they there's like there's sometimes there's no effort. And oftentimes lately it's been more so like beginning of the game where they just get themselves in these holes and they have to rely on a miraculous second half comeback against the best team in the Western Conference. And it's like you're down 15 at the end of the first half. You can't get down 15 in the first half to a team that at the time was 18 and three at home. Just can't happen because you, every magic fan should have that thought in their head of like, we're probably going to mount this great comeback in the second half and we could fall short and it's going to make this sting even more. And that's exactly what happens tonight. I didn't expect to win this game. Nobody expected the magic to win this game. You come in as 10-point dogs. Like I said, the home record speaks for itself for Denver. But it, it hurts a little bit more when when you mount a comeback like the Magic did. They play their butts off in the second half, um, doing a great job outscoring Denver and correcting things from the first half. And it's like all that to uh, to lose the game how they did to Jokic and his ridiculously somewhat routine but ridiculous game winner it it hurts Jokic finishes with 17 points 10 rebounds 14 assists oh nice little triple double didn't even recognize that until just now well that sucks uh Aaron Gordon 25 points 9 of 13 from the floor uh 2 of 3 from behind the three-point line like just like really killed us with with a lot of the cuts tonight yeah that was just super frustrating it happened like two or three times I remember pretty clearly in the second half of like, hey, like you can't play very far off of the baseline, uh, especially if you're not watching your man, you know, kind of sneak over from the corner because Jokic just gets the ball in the high post and it's just like he can pass over everybody and is probably the best passer in the league right now. And he made that pass over and over and over and over and over again in this game. And the Magic just never adjusted. I, I felt that was where the Magic really lost the game uh, the Magic, 34 free throws in this one, 27 to 34, you know, 79%, pretty close to 80, which, you know, the Magic it just seems to have been, have been leaving points at the free throw line as of late. Markel Fultz, three of six, 
uh, missed that one late, which maybe changes you know what the Denver Nuggets are, are looking to do, and, and maybe you end up winning or, or going into overtime. Who knows? Um, but the rebounding was was pretty close to the same tonight. Uh, 13 turnovers to Denver's 15. The Magic shoot 48%. I mean, if you're going to point anything, the three-point shooting, 7 of 29, it's not good enough. you got to knock down shots. But, man, it, it's encouraging and it's heartbreaking that you had a chance to beat this awesome team on their home floor, and then it ends in that, you know, the, the game winner from Jokic, which just kind of shows you, like, although Franz is great, Paolo is great, like, there are still, like, many levels for them to get to. Jokic, you know, I don't think it's a, anything crazy to say. He's, like, top three, top five player in the league right now. And when you have a guy like that, you know, they just make special things happen. And, yeah, frustrating. The Magic end up going two and three on the road trip. I think you and I picked them to go, like, one and four. So going two and three doesn't feel all that bad. Um, and now the Magic don't play again until Friday against the New Orleans Pelicans. So you got four days off here. Again, they're going to have Monday off. I think they have Tuesday off, and they're going to practice Wednesday. Well, Monday. Actually, let's let's pull this up. Are they traveling tonight, or are they going to let them sleep in Denver and then travel? So Monday, okay, Monday they're off. They're going to fly back. So they're not flying back tonight, and they're off Tuesday. Practice Wednesday, Thursday, and then you play the Pelicans on Friday. A Kind of a weird week for us, Luke, because we're going to have to figure something out like what we're going to do for Thursday's episode because we don't have any games in between now and then. But the Magic play at home versus the Pelicans on Friday, and then they hit the road to play the Washington Wizards on Saturday. So a little home and away back-to-back. NBA scheduling, just really, really weird. Four days off, and then you have a home road back-to-back. Like You couldn't have figured anything better than that out. They had to screw somebody. I guess so, and it seems like it's it's usually us when they need to do that. So, Luke, what do you think uh, happens Friday, Saturday? I think you lose Saturday in Washington. Scheduled loss. Pelicans, J.I. comes back. If he comes back against the Pelicans, you got to win that game. I don't care if he plays five minutes. You have to win that game. We said the, the same thing about Markel, and they lost. Well, this year. I was going to say last year we won um, when Markel came back. But, uh, yeah, so I'm the pessimist in me coming off of back-to-back losses and then me having to wait five days for a game and the Magic not playing for five days, four days, whatever it is. I'm going to say 0-2. I'm going to say they go into, it's unfortunate, but it's what it is. You got to win that game when J.I. comes back. You got to beat the Pelicans. You're off for four days. Will you you got to find a way to beat the Pelicans. So let's take a look at their schedule really quickly. I'm so sure before they play on Friday, so Monday at Cleveland, Wednesday versus Miami. So the Magic are going to have a, a pretty you know heavy rest advantage. I know the Pelicans are really good. But you got to find a way to win that freaking game. I don't. I don't care. I don't want to hear any excuses. The Magic need to win that game. So I have them going one and one. You know, second so, night of a back to back in Washington. You know, you lost to Washington a couple of weeks ago. They've been playing better. Probably mm-hmm. lose that game. So one and one. So, 
Okay, so here's the silver lining for a team that was once 5-20. and 20. The last 18 games for the Magic, right now the Magic are 10-8 10 and 8 in their last 18. Not bad for a team that was 5-20. and 20. And even if you were to happen to, hopefully not, drop these games, you're still 500 in the last 20 games. Uh, it could be worse. J.I. coming back, I hope that they can get back on it, just get in a rhythm. Work J.I. in pretty seamlessly. That would be the dream. Work guys out of the rotation seamlessly. Looking at a couple of you. And uh, let's, let's, let's get to winning again. I need, I need a win, especially on Friday after a break. Well, if you look at the last 10, it's not, not quite as great. The Magic are 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Well, there's a reason I, I, I picked the sample. Yeah, that, I picked, that, right? that, that trying to shed game, some That six-game you know, win streak is, is getting further and further away from us. So, I mean, just got to start winning some games, man. I know we're you know four games back in Chicago. Jonathan Isaac comes back. If you can integrate him into the, the lineup so he's playing somewhat significant minutes, I, I think it can really make a difference for this team. Just getting some guys out of the lineup more so adding guys to the lineup. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Folks, uh, we didn't win uh, any of the games in between our last episode and this episode. But if we did, and when we do, don't forget every day after Orlando Magic Victories, you can get 50% off your online order from Papa John's with code MAGICWIN as long as you are 150 miles from Orlando and you have to be further than 75 miles from that dirty city down south that we don't talk about. So looking forward to having some pizza sometime soon. That would be nice. Hopefully uh, it'd be nice. You know, Friday, Jonathan Isaac comes back. Maybe have a little bit of Papa John's on Saturday while you watch the Magic take on the Washington Wizards. Maybe they win two in a row. Who knows? Maybe they don't. But you'll have that uh, better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. So, all right, Luke. I really don't have anything else before we go ahead and sign off here. Is there anything else that you have or anything that maybe we missed? Mm, I don't uh I don't think so. Real quick, Jonathan, do we do are our people that are, you know, not going to hear from us again until Thursday? We, you know, obviously there's no games like you said. You said we got to figure something out. We got something hopefully, right? So, for those of you that are thinking I don't need to listen to the six man show on Thursday. We're still gonna have something for you. We'll have something. And good. there, there, there may, there may, may or may not be a guest. So feel free to uh, tune in on Thursday and and see what we got. So we'll see y'all then. All right, folks, that's gonna do it for us for Luke Sylvia. This has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to the six man show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.